0: Hey my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silver back here with you on the Arm Podcast the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. everybody, what's going on? I am parked waiting for my daughter to get done with a play rehearsal, and I've got probably all oh, about 30 minutes or so before she will come out, so I thought what I would do today is we'll talk about a movie that I watched recently within the last, oh, maybe couple of weeks or so. Anyway, that movie is A Quiet Place. Now I had originally thought I might like to see this in the theater, but... Um, Oh, and before I get too far in with this, where I'm parked, there's a lot of traffic noise and stuff. So you guys may hear that occasionally, but it kind of will be what it will be. I don't think it will be too overwhelming. I think it'll just be a little bit of background noise. So anyway, I thought that I would like to maybe see this in the theater. My wife and one of her friends went up and saw it in the theater, but I kind of thought, oh, knowing the nature of this movie, it's going to be quiet. There's not going to be a lot of dialogue. That I didn't want to be in a theater with a bunch of people who are either going to be on their phone or make a noise, or when something happens, you know, somebody's like, well, what, what did that guy do? Where's he from? I ended up getting the uh, DVD from Netflix and watched it. Normally, when I do a review, what I'll do is I will go to a certain point. So, if this is maybe one of your first times listening, I will go to a certain point in the movie where I feel that there are major spot or, or plot spoilers. There we go. That is going to be revealed uh, or things that I think that would maybe take away a surprise or something like that that you would actually like to know about. Now, I will do some spoilers. And in this review, I will, there will be a little bit of a spoiler, but it takes place in probably the first five, 10 minutes of the movie. So it's not going to be that big a deal. And I think it's important. Otherwise, uh, this review will be quite short if you don't want to stick around with me for the uh, spoiler stuff. So, like I was saying before, what I'll do, I'll talk about the movie up to a certain point, and then I'll say, okay, from here on out, we will be doing spoilers, and we're going to be talking about the end of the movie, themes, character development, all that type of stuff. So, let's go ahead and jump in. The movie has is uh, A Quiet Place, and it was released, oh what was it, this year, I guess, um, or was it 2018? I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't really matter, I guess. I think it's 2018. Anyway, okay, I'm getting kind of sidetracked, sidetracked here. So the movie opens up, and if you've seen the trailer, you know that there are there's been some type of a apocalypse or something where civilization has been changed from what we know it into something different. There are these creatures that if you make sound, they, they, they hunt by sound. And if you make a bunch of sound, they'll come get you. So you would have got all this stuff from the trailer. So the movie opens up and it's I think it's supposed to take place maybe a couple years from now, something like that. There has been this mass invasion of creatures, and it's only been about 60 days since this has happened. So I wasn't sure from watching the, the movie if this was supposed to be, are they extraterrestrial? Is it an alien force that's coming in to and these are sort of like foot soldiers that are going to come in and just wipe everything out? Is it something where it's like, like, are, are they supernatural creatures where they're sort of like demons or, or something, you know, similar to that? Or, you know, some, they're, they're uh, maybe not necessarily a demon, but maybe they're something like a werewolf or a vampire, you know, they're, they're, or like how in, uh, in Stranger Things, you had the creatures that were from, you know, the upside down world from another dimension type thing. So is it something like that? Is it creatures from a different dimension? And from my, and I've only watched the movie once, but from that first viewing, I still don't know where they came from. I don't know what their motivations are. It would appear that in those, that two month time period, that the majority of humans have been wiped out and the majority of probably land animals have been wiped out. In the movie, you don't ever see, you never see dogs or cats. All you see animal-wise is, I think, birds. I don't know if they showed insects or not. I wasn't paying that close attention. But you, see, you do see birds and you do see fish. So it would sort of lead you to believe that these creatures are, are primarily just on the land. So like I said, it's been about two months and you have a family and they, their last name is the Abbots. Uh, The husband's name is Lee. The wife is Evelyn. They have a deaf daughter who has a cochlear implant, but the implant isn't working anymore. Her name is Reagan. And then you have two little boys. Reagan is probably, I would say, 13-ish, right around in that. You also have Uh, like I said, the two boys, you have one named Marcus and he's probably around 10 or 11. And then you have a little boy named Bo. And he, I I would say he's like four, you know, five at the oldest, but he looked kind of like a four-year-old to me. So anyway, the movie opens up and we see that Marcus is sick and the family has gone to like a, oh, like a CVS or a Walgreens or something like that and there're still tons of supplies in this in this town and they are in a a small rural area or they're in a small rural t- rural excuse me town and you would kind of think to yourself, well wait a minute, wouldn't this stuff have gotten looted? Uh, but i think that the the devastation of the human population happens so quickly with these creatures that especially you know in a small town and things like that there may not have been time and that's another thing we don't know did these creatures sort of land in the east coast and then work their way did they land east coast west coast north and south you know the borders of america and go we also later in the movie we also understand that this is kind of a worldwide thing so it's not just america but anyway, we, we, we're with this family. They're in the CVS or the Walgreens, whatever it is, and they're using sign language. We also see that the little four-year-old, we see this little thing in a hat and a jacket is scurrying around, running around in the store, unsupervised, all by himself. And they, uh, they are there, like I said, because Marcus is sick. They have come there to get some medicine. Maybe they're going to get antibiotics or maybe... You know, sometimes even just over-the-counter medications, you know, we take that stuff for granted. But if you would go back like 200 years, the stuff that we could get, that we get over the counter today would be miracles to the people back, you know, in the early 1800s, late 1700s. That would be, that stuff would almost be like sorcery to some of those people. You know, they, they would be, you know, miracles of science. So anyway... I think that they, she is getting actually kind of like prescription level stuff. I think she's probably getting some antibiotics or something like that for Marcus. He is kind of so weak that he, he, he looks pale and the, the dad is actually having to carry him. So they get the stuff that they need. They're being quiet. They're communicating, using sign language, which in this case, you would think, okay, the family would know this stuff because, the sister is deaf. Even though she has the cochlear implant, we don't know how long she had it. So we don't know if the family, when, uh, when Reagan was born and, and they were raising her, if they did sign language and learned that and all that other stuff. So anyway, they're getting ready to leave the store. They've got this stuff. The little boy, Bo, comes up and he has a little space shuttle toy. And the father kind of sees him, stops him, kind of, you could tell he's kind of concerned. He takes the toy away from him he flips it over, sees that there's batteries. He takes the batteries out, sets them on the counter, takes the toy, sets it down on, on this little countertop. And basically they sign to the kid and say, you can't have this because it makes noise. It's, it's, it's too loud. And you would think, well, why can't he have it with without, without the batteries? But if you've ever had a four year old, you know that they can, when they get excited, they make noise and, and, I'm sure part of the reason that they don't want him to have the toy is because, you know, he'll be out making little sounds with it and, and doing stuff and attracting attention probably when he shouldn't. The dad picks up Marcus, who's the sick kid. They, he heads out with him. The mom follows. And then we're left with Reagan, who again is the older sister and the youngest boy, Bo at the store. She looks at him. She feels bad because he is like, oh, I just wanted a rocket ship to play with. And she gives him the space shuttle. Then she turns around and she walks out. So the kid kind of looks at the toy, looks at the batteries, and then he's like, yeah, I'm putting the batteries in. So he takes a battery, stuffs them in the toy, and he walks out. So they're walking back to where, to where they, they live. And I don't know how far away their little farm is from this town. I would assume it's probably you know two three miles, something like that. It can't be that far because they're dragging the whole family. They are on their way back and again, they're they're all walking single file and at first they're walking on this white stuff that's in the middle of the road and I kind of was like, well, what is that later? I figured out oh it's it's sand or it's you know loose dirt or something that they I think it's supposed to be sand that they've put on the road so that they can walk on the road and they won't make any noise um, they're also barefoot which comes into play a little bit later in the movie but as they're walking back they're almost to where they're getting home or, or you know, I, I think they're probably they're not too far away from their home and this I and the reason I think is because another character later returns to where they are now so as they're walking home, again, the dad's up front, mom, and he's and the dad is carrying the, the one boy, and then you have mom and then you have Reagan and then you have Bo. And he's got his little toy and he's playing with it. And all of a sudden he hits the button on it, and the little space shuttle is like beep, 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 meow, peek, meow, And the family freezes. Mom and dad turn around. Mom's got her hands over her mouth. The dad is like, oh, what? is going on. He puts down Marcus and he starts to run. They don't yell at him to drop it. Now, here's where a spoiler is going to come up. And this will be one of the only ones that I'm going to give. And like I said, this is probably the first five ten minutes of the movie. I thought what was going to happen, the dad starts running towards Bo to get him. And what happens is he's just standing there. He's oblivious he's got his little space shuttle making the noise as the dad is running toward him. We see one of these creatures kind of comes up and sort of sidelines him, you know, just wham and takes him off and kills him. Now we don't see the death, but what I had thought was going to happen was that the dad was going to run and he was going to get to the boy, take the toy and like throw it off into the bushes. And then the creatures would go after the toy. But, I have to say that I, I thought that the movie and the, the, the writers and the creators of it did kind of a bold thing in that they killed them. It's very rare that you would have a child being killed like that, but it does illustrate how much danger that they, that these people are in from these creatures. It seems that in this rural area there aren't, there's not thousands and thousands of them roaming around. Uh, but there are enough of them around, I guess, and, and again, you would have to say, okay, this is a little bit coincidental in that the kid made the little sound and they just happened to be within range of it and, and we're able to get to them in time, you know, within that split second. So that thing would have had to have been probably within 100, maybe 200 yards of him at the most. And we see that these creatures can move pretty fast and everything so that they're, uh, and, and some of this stuff is borne out later. That they are super strong, all this other type of stuff, um, and then there's there's going to be some other spoilers, and I'm not really want to talk about that. So the family uh, is able to get back home. The next thing that pops up on the screen is it's about a year later. At first they said it was like 60 days in, and now they're saying it's something like I don't know, and I don't have the exact number. I think it's something like 430 days or 460 days, something like that. So it's been you know over a year, and the family has kind of in a way, I guess you could say they've they've moved on to a certain extent. So what we're going to be shown next is what their life is kind of like now, what they're having to deal with, that type of stuff. So here is a here is where I'm going to stop. if you don't want any more spoilers and you don't want to some you don't want to hear some of the criticisms that I'm going to give the movie, uh, the movie is not without its flaws. Uh, in fact it, it it does some things that I think is one of the major sort of movie sins that you can make that kind of is a pet peeve of mine. And that is in a movie, you can pretty much devise whatever world that you want. You can have creatures act whatever way you want. When, when, and and an example of that is Twilight. So I've never seen any of the Twilight stuff, but I know one of the, the things that people were mad about was that the vampires in sunlight just kind of sparkled. I don't know if it was doing damage to them or anything. But anyway, they didn't burst into flame. I was fine with that. I thought it was kind of dumb, but I was fine with it because you can say, okay, in this world that this writer has set up, that's what the rules are. And so later in the movie, if in, in the Twilight thing, if you would have had a vampire step outside for five seconds and just burst into flame and turn into ash, you'd be like, well, wait a minute. Why did every other vampire I've seen, when they go out, they just sparkle? And that's one of the things that this movie does. It sort of does some things. I think that it sets up some rules, but then it kind of breaks those rules. And then you have some things that the characters do that don't make sense. But like I said, I'm not going to go into that right this second. I will go ahead and drop in some music. So at the end of the music, it's only going to be about, you know, five, 10 seconds. If you want to stick with me, there will be spoilers and we're going to be talking about some of the oh, what I would say maybe are some flaws or inconsistencies. I would recommend that you see it. I think it's worth your time. If you do need to sort of ratchet up your suspension of disbelief a little bit, and if you watch it with that higher level of disbelief suspended, I think you'll be able to overlook some of the flaws and kind of enjoy it. All right, guys, we are back and we are going to jump into spoiler territory. So let's pick up a little bit where we left off. Like I said, it's a little bit over a year later and we see that the daughter, Reagan has a lot of guilt about what happened to Bo because she basically blames herself. If she hadn't given him the toy, he would have probably just left it there. And so she also feels that the dad blames her now we were never shown anything in the movie of where maybe the dad says something to her about like i can't trust your judgment or this that or the other thing we're never shown a scene like that at least if there was something like that i don't remember seeing it we also see that the little boy marcus he had gotten over his illness he is better but he has understandably so become kind of a frady cat. And you can't really blame the kid for that. You know, he is a kid who doesn't want to take risks. He doesn't want to go on these outings that the family goes on and they they take them basically saying like, and they're and the parents reasoning for taking them on the outing. And you could say that this is maybe one of the flaws of like, well, why would they drag the whole family? Why didn't just the dad go by himself? But in the, in the logic of this world, what they're saying is you guys need to go with us so that you learn how to interact in this world, in, in the world that we're in now where there's, there's all these creatures. So let's take a quick aside. One of the things that we saw is down in the basement is the dad, the, that, that Reagan's uh, implant isn't really working, so she is deaf. The reason that they want to get her implant going is because if she's deaf, she may be making noise and won't know it. Uh, so the dad wants to be able to restore her hearing. And so that's why he is working on the implant. He's he's getting little amplifiers from little radios and speakers and stuff like that. And he's always trying to, to rig stuff up for her. Down in his little basement workshop where for some reason he doesn't want her down in there. He won't let her go down into this workshop area. Anyway, he has this stuff written up on whiteboard and he has some old newspaper articles where they... One of it, they talk about that they've discovered that the creatures hunt by sound. Another article says something like, these things are indestructible. You know, bullets and bombs don't stop them. Which, and we'll jump here a little bit. Toward the end of the movie, basically that is kind of belied a little bit. Maybe that's the right word I'm looking for. Uh, But we'll get to that, you know, here in a few minutes we also see on a whiteboard that he has like, oh, there's maybe five or six creatures of these things around here that we know about. We also see, and this will be jumping around a little bit, but we also see that there are other farms. So they live, like I said, probably three to five miles away from this town. They're out on a farm somewhere. They somehow still have electricity. I don't know. They never showed how that we just see that they have it. There is a big silo that, they, that corn is kept in, and we see that off in the distance. Sometimes at night they light fires, I guess, to, to show that they're okay. And you see other fires, you know, that are probably, you know, as a crow flies, you know, a mile or two away that they can see off in the distance. So that we know from that stuff that there are other people around. There's not a ton, but there are some. We'll kind of revisit a little bit of Marcus's, who, who is the little boy, kind of his what's going on with his fear. So the dad is saying, well, I'm going to go take Marcus fishing. Marcus is like, I don't want to go. I'll stay here. Take Reagan, take her. She wants to go. Don't take me. And he's like, no, you got to go. You got to come with me and you got to know how to do it. And then Reagan comes up and is like, well, yeah, just take me. I'll go. Or I can go with, I can go with you guys. And the dad is like, no, you need to stay here with your mother. And again, I understand from, from the, a writing standpoint of, well, and even in the logic of the world, you would say, okay, well, this kid does need to learn to get out there. If something happens to one of the parents, they've got to have some skills, even though they're little kids, they, you know, he needs to learn some ninja, ninja stealth moves and stuff. And so I see it more kind of as a plot device. I I would think that maybe they would all go as a family type thing. Oh, and that's another thing too. We also see that she, that uh, the mother, uh, I think her name was Evelyn. She's probably about nine months pregnant at this point. And they also have rigged up, which you keep seeing this like little box that they've got and they have a little oxygen mask, everything. And there's all this stuff in it. And you're like, what is this for? And what that's going to be is it's going to be basically a little soundproof bassinet for the baby. And they were, they would be able to put the baby in there with an the oxygen mask, close the thing up, seal it, make it airtight, I guess, so that no sound could get out. Um, however, they do have a basement they do. Ha- and I, you know, I can understand why you do that. What I don't understand though, in the logic kind of of this world, I would think that you would do probably everything in your power not to have a child. And it seems like, you know, like his pullout game wasn't too strong, I guess. You know, I don't know. But I'm a dad. When you have a baby, babies cry. They scream and they holler. And the same thing with, you know, when you got a four-year-old, they cry and throw fits and tantrums and all this other stuff. So, again, some of this stuff is, is sort of in there basically just to sort of give you an emotional response or or something like that which i thought you probably could have done without so anyway we'll kind of get back to the thing so we see that the dad forces marcus to go with him they go down to this river where there's a big waterfall meanwhile reagan uh, her dad had given her a new thing to put into her implant she puts it in she's like it's not working She doesn't take it out. She just leaves it in. He's like, well, you know, kind of fiddle with it and this, that, and the other thing, and we'll see how it does. She goes off. She's supposed to stay with her mom. Her mom is down doing laundry or doing something else, doing chores around the house. She goes off and she is doing, uh, is going to go to where the little brother Bo was killed. And so that's why I don't think it's too far. So she goes off, she's by herself. I think she somehow makes some noise or something because one of the creatures comes up to her and I think that they the creatures must use some sort of like echolocation or something. What it does is it gives a feedback loop to Reagan's implant. And so a creature is approaching her and as it gets close, Reagan hears a super high-pitched whine that it, it actually hurts her but it also discombobulates the creature. When the creatures really want to focus in on a sound, their head kind of cracks open. Think of it like almost like a beetle's wings, but it's all over the head. It kind of cracks open and it allows sound, <coughs> excuse me, allows sound to funnel in. So we learned that, okay, if the creature gets kind of close to her, it's going to, uh, it, it kind of runs off because it's causing the creature discomfort or pain. When this happens, Reagan doesn't know what's going on. She didn't hear the creature approach or anything like that. Meanwhile, uh, Lee and, who's the dad, Lee and Marcus go to the waterfall. They're, They're down by the river. They catch some fish. They're by a waterfall. He takes a kid over to the waterfall and they start to have a conversation. And the kid's like, no, we can't talk. And then the dad tells Marcus, look, we can talk here because the loud sounds will mask any sounds that we make the sounds of this waterfall can do that and then what he does is he kind of throws back his head and he goes Woo! just like rick flair Woo! which if you've ever heard somebody yell even over a loud waterfall you can hear them sound that sound would travel so again it does sort of I could see if the dad would say, look, we can talk, we can do stuff here. There's, there's the sound that will mask us. You don't have to be scared. There are safe places, but that also brings up another thing of, well, if you know that, why wouldn't you go live by the waterfall or you have clearly you have electricity. Couldn't you rig up something like horns from cars? Couldn't you, rig up something that makes a lot of noise around where you live. Yeah, it would be kind of a pain in the ass, but you could maybe get some ear pro or something that would filter that stuff out for you. But it would it would mask all the sound around where you're living. The creatures would come. They would eventually get used to the sound. And they would think, okay, there's nothing here. This is just like a waterfall type thing. And that's another thing. We don't know how intelligent the creatures are, that type of thing. We do know that they can't see or if they if they do see it some type of like an echolocation thing almost like you know like daredevil has and you know from the comic books and stuff now one other thing about the electricity that they do that is clever they have lights that run out all over their place and they have white lights and they also have red lights and if something is wrong they'll do the red light so that you can see it gives you kind of a warning and stuff like that let me jump back here with with uh, with dad and Marcus Marcus tells him look man Reagan thinks that you hate her. I know that you don't, but she believes that you hate her. She thinks it's totally her fault and that you 100% blame her. And she believes that you think it's totally her fault when Bo got killed. You You need to really make an effort to tell her that you don't think that and you love her and all this other kind of stuff. And this is a part where maybe I would have liked to have seen, and I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I would have liked to have seen maybe a scene where instead of just jumping to that full year later, we have a thing where she sees the parents talking, where Reagan sees, sees mom and dad talking, and he says something to her. They think they're in private, and he you know signs to her like, I know it's not really her fault, but I do I do have I do harbor some resentment towards her for her part that she played in this thing. But and then she and then Reagan walks away, and then you have the dad then continue to say, but really it was my fault. I should have had him up right by me. He should have been in between this and not at the back. You know, but they don't do that. So anyway, as they're coming back, uh, Marcus and, and the dad are coming back they come across an old man and he's standing next to a woman who has been gutted. And we're to assume that's, that's his wife. Lee signals to the guy, you know, okay, be quiet. We're going to walk away from here. And the old man in his grief, I guess is basically like, well, screw you, screw your kid. I'm going to commit suicide by creature and they're probably going to kill you too, but I don't care. Cause the only thing I loved in this world is now gone. And so the old man, you see me, like he screws up his face and he's like, <laughs> and he screams and keeps screaming. The dad scoops up Marcus. He starts running out of there. And it's a, a couple of creatures I think come and they just, you know, murdered up the old man real good. So as the dad and Marcus are on their way back, we see that Evelyn who is at the house by herself is doing chores around the house. I think part of her dress or something catches on a nail and it pulls it up. It's right in the middle of these stairs. It's kind of bullshit. And it's only there because of course, you know, later, she's going to step on it as she's walking around and and kind of doing her thing. She starts to go into labor because remember she's about nine months pregnant. She, I think is going down to the basement, maybe to try and get to a place where it at least be quieter she's and she steps on the nail and of course she and the the performance i think it's uh emily blunt i think is the actress she does a good performance of showing pain when she is uh, steps on the nail she smacks over a picture or something and it breaks and it alerts a nearby monster or whatever it comes down it goes into the house at this point Remember we talked about that she has the light she can flip a switch and it sh- and and the red lights will come on so she does that she ends up going up and going to an upstairs bathroom where she gets into a tub there's a creature that's running around I'm trying to think how this stuff goes here off of memory there's a creature that's in the house She's going in there she's trying to be quiet she's going to but her the baby is coming and of course again it's it's movie stuff so Her water breaks and like immediately she goes into labor and and dilates and all this other stuff, So which isn't really how it works, but for the purpose of this, it does. So Dad and Marcus come back. Also, I think Evelyn... No, 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 not Evelyn. uh, Reagan is coming back. There's also... Something happens down in the basement where a pipe gets burst. I can't remember if a creature does it. Uh, But anyway, Lee comes back. And he sends Marcus off to set off fireworks and stuff as a diversion because they know because the red lights are on that creatures are there. So they have fireworks and set up that they can, you know, pop, 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 pop and the creatures will maybe go toward the sound of that. Eventually Lee goes to the house and he finds uh, Evelyn in the, in the bathroom where she's given birth to the baby. Of course, the baby isn't crying. It's not making any sounds at all. He takes Evelyn down to a relatively soundproofed basement area where they have that little coffin crib for the baby. Reagan has, like I said, she has been coming back at about the same time. She sees that the, uh, the red lights are on and I guess they know they've been told, okay, go to the silo, go up to the top. So she goes up to the, the silo and then when they're, when when they're going to get up there, they're supposed to light the fire. They run out of uh, lighter fluid that's up there. And, and so Marcus has gone up to the silo. He's up on top. Reagan goes up there because that, that's where they know where to go. They are leaning up on the top of the silo. They think they're safe. There's a, a, a door up on the top that falls in the and and Marcus falls into the silo the sound that that makes distracts the creatures from the fireworks or, or from one of the creatures maybe that was in the house that was kind of looking for evelyn it comes up by it, it climbs up on the silo reagan sees it coming she jumps down into the silo and they they both start to sink they event, they eventually climb up on the door um, a creature one of the monster guys jumps down into where they are but because she's got that cochlear implant again because it's close to them the uh, feedback or the frequency or whatever it is drives a creature away. They go, the kids leave from the silo, that the creature tears its way out of the silo, which shows you how strong the monsters are. It basically rips its way through whatever the material is in the, the silo. I, I don't know what silos are made out of. I doubt if it's made out of like 20 gauge, you know, you know cheap steel it's probably pretty thick stuff to be able to house and and hold all the pressure and everything the kids they uh uh, marcus and reagan leave the silo they're going to try and get back to the house the one of the monsters returns and it attacks and wounds the dad they the kids have gone into a truck which is sort of like another safe zone but when they get in it they're making noise and so the creature runs up and is like uh, uh trying to rip apart the truck now earlier it could punch right through probably eighth inch steel but now it's having trouble getting through the truck which is you know kind of one of the one of the faults but anyway she's getting the feedback loop on her thing the creature is getting ready to run off but because it's hurting her she actually turns her thing off the creature is still trying to rip into the truck it knows something is inside this truck or it thinks that something is in there so it's going to rip it open get in and see if there's anything in there Meanwhile, she looks out at the back at her dad. The creature is there. He signs to her basically that he loves her and he always has. And then he and then he takes a big, deep breath. She sees him doing this. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's shaking her head. And then he just, he hollers like, Brah! And of course, the creature comes, runs over, and basically just straight up murders him. They had the truck set up to where if you were there, you could get in it take the emergency break off and it was on a slant and you could go back down to the house. So they do that. They reunite with mom and uh, the new baby. They then go into the basement, the creature. And this was the basement where what's her name for uh, Reagan was never allowed in. And basically what happens is you've got mom, Reagan, Marcus, and little baby—the creature basically is able to to find them and follow them. They're gonna kind of make their last stand, and I think for whatever reason, I think Reagan kind of sees some of the writing that the dad has, and like, how do we do it? And then she makes a connection. Oh, maybe that high-pitched thing is because it's sound. Maybe that will drive the creatures off. Again, eh. Um, how she would realize that i don't i don't know that she would make that leap as a 13 year old kid uh, again if you had stuff where the the, the dad and everything were you know I was talking to her about frequencies and how they emit this that and the thing, you know maybe she then turns her little implant back on the creature that's down there you know she's like ah and, and you know she's getting the feedback the creature's head opens up and then the mom sees that its heads open up sees its moist gooey insides and basically blam shoots it with the 12 gauge and she kills it. And then the family, you know, they had like all these monitors and stuff set up. So they, uh, they see that, um, other creatures are being, were attracted by the sound of the gunshot and probably, you know, to be fair by the fireworks and some of the other sound as well. Uh, and then with their new knowledge, you see the mom kind of rack the shotgun and they're going to, now that they know the weakness, they're going to go ahead and fight. And that's pretty much how the movie ends. A couple of other little things. The dad had a ham radio, and one of the things that they showed on a little list that he's got is that he has radioed around the world and tried to make contact with people, and it's sort of the same situation that they're in. Again, with a lot of these, the movie is okay. My criticisms with it are there were several instances where they're doing things that logically you would think that you would just think of even a stressful situation. If they, if they have the wherewithal to string all these lights to get this farm to do all this stuff, to try and do some type of soundproofing, you would think that, oh, they would know, okay, well let's go move by the waterfall. We'll try and, you know, even if we, you know, we'll try and maybe build something or like I was saying before, all right, well we can set up these sound traps and then we can also set sound stuff around us. And I think one of an interesting thing would have been, and you could have had a, again, some more meaning to, uh, you know, what the quiet place means is that they understand that. And so they've set up constant noise around them and what they crave is actually silence because they have to wear like, you know, earphones and all this other stuff. So again, if you lived right by that waterfall, and you could build like a little shack or whatever, you know, or I don't know. Or you, or, or it, it, it just doesn't seem that it would be a huge leap of logic for you to say, oh, okay, they don't really come around the waterfall because it's sort of a constant sound. What we can do is we can set up constant sound because we've got electricity with like car horns or, you know, speakers or whatever and blare music or, you know, whatever we're going to do. And this will basically become kind of a... a a dead zone for the creatures uh, another part in the movie was they were playing a board game the kids were they were playing monopoly and they were rolling the dice on the carpet and they were using these little cloth pieces as 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 uh, the board game pieces and you could say well you know if, if you can only, if, if that little bit of sound is going to attract the creatures you're not going to be able to survive they're they're going to swarm you and kill you eventually uh, but I, t- I kind of took that upon kind of thinking about it a little bit more. I sort of took that almost as a, this is a habitual thing that we do just to get in the habit of not making sounds. So, you know, even with some of that stuff, um, so this will be the last kind of complaint I have. You would think that the army, even if they were kind of getting overwhelmed, would understand, okay, it's sound. And that they would try and figure, okay, well, maybe we can set up these blaring sirens where, again, it creates a dead zone. Oh, when these, you know, maybe we'll try different radio frequencies and try and blast them with sound or, or, you know, something like that. And you would think that their heads would open up. You would think we see the creature several times their heads open up when they're trying to locate sound. So you would think that they would see that. And you would think that when they're torching them with flamethrowers or shooting them with M16s or... Blasting away with fifty cows that eventually, or you know, hitting them with um, uh, claymores and, and uh, all that other kind of stuff, that eventually they would see that. So again, you like I said, you do have to to suspend disbelief. You would think that the that the people or other the military or other people would say, "Oh, okay, well, you know, this is what we can do." Uh, but again, that wouldn't really make for much of a movie. So anyway, all right, guys, I am drawing it to a close, my beautiful, beautiful monkeys. I recommend this movie just to spend that disbelief Uh, you can even watch it for fun and look for some logical fallacies if uh, or faults in the movie let me know what you guys thought of it I'd I'd be really interested to hear that Uh, I know that I talked about that I was going to maybe do devil's rejects next time but I've I've got I haven't had a time to watch that again since the last show so I wanted to get this out so it doesn't go too far and I will try and do that next time I've got that I'm gonna I think I've got some time carved out tomorrow, where I'll be able to watch that, take some notes, and then do that. And then I will, uh, what's today? Uh, Today's Wednesday. So hopefully I'll get this out by Friday. Hopefully be able to watch this. And then by next week, I'll be able to have a full show and drop that for you guys. All right, my beautiful monkeys, if you want to contact me, the email address where you can send your email or your own audio is thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. If you would like to use the voicemail, there's not a lot of people do. Uh, you are limited to about 90 seconds, but if you want to do that, 206-745-APE-1, 206-745-2731. 745 right. Much love to you, my monkeys. I'll talk to you next time. The little space shuttle's like, pew, 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 pew.